Welcome back to the Bible Reading Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Shelnut, and I am joined by the awesome, by the amazing, Nessa Goss. Nessa, how are you doing today? Doing good. Just here for support. <laughs> <laughs> you are not just here for support. You're my you right hand woman. you know what my mother woman. told me? I'm, I'm back, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just introduced myself have because I have to... Yeah. Do you know what my mother used to say that about that, though, about quiet people? She said, even a fool is thought brilliant if they keep their mouth closed. Mm, so the so brilliance coming from Nessa, just no. because she's quiet. Or secretly, I'm a fool. Right. No, you're brilliant. <laughs> you're <Yeah>. brilliant. <laughs> Nessa, you're great. You're awesome. And we are joined by the awesome and amazing Pastor Mark Evans. Um, yes. We're so happy to have you here again. Last week was amazing. Yes, it was. Thank you so much. I always learn so much when Pastor Mark speaks. Me too. We, we're, we're both just sitting here in awe yeah. <laughs> and in silence, just, like, hmm. just listening to the wisdom that pours out. So if you haven't heard the last episode, go back real quick. Listen. It's a quick 40-minute listen. You guys will truly be blessed by it we know it we're sure um and so we're going to continue our conversation um and our topic from last week of toxic masculinity versus biblical masculinity Mm -hmm. um we're going to continue to dive in we're going to give you guys some scriptures some things to apply to your lives it's going to be great we really we really want more male listeners right (laughs) we promise we're fun we promise we're cool (laughs) that's why we brought to balance yes to balance it all out because we know y'all are tired of hearing about babies so (laughs) we decided to, to bring pastor mark back and talk about masculinity because it's an important topic today and we want to know what the bible says about it yeah so let's dive right in i've got questions and i need answers to them (laughs) so um pastor mark we're we're just gonna jump right in like i said um what do you think is a man's greatest obstacle to overcome in this day and age perceptions of other people Mm. Ooh, explain that one for me well, you're born, and then there's the perception of what your mother thinks you should do in life. So from the time you're a kid, uh, the parents may live vicariously through you. Dad wants you to be a football player. Mom mm-hmm. wants you to be a musician. My tale had, is old as time. <laughs> I had some dear friends that argued. They're divorced now, but they argued when their child was born that they would never do Batman or anything or any sports they would do violin and you know so they're already arguing on what mom thinks the boy should do and what dad thinks the boy should do yeah so perceptions first uh perceptions of grandparents what how they think you should raise your child uh how the husband or wife thinks the child should be raised how the brother and sister think the child should be raised how the school thinks the child should be raised, how culture, how music, how movies. So when you say, what's the biggest obstacle? Welcome to life. Mm. There is no one single obstacle. We said it last week. It's systemic. Mm-hmm. You're, the moment your head comes into the world, uh, you know, we all have the same opportunity. I don't think we can be born with a victim mentality. We, we have to be born with wherever I'm at in this life, I can overcome, right? I saw a video few days ago of a guy with no arms and no legs riding a skateboard go figure uh, I'm like wow and here I am like my knee hurts going up steps <laughs> mm-hmm. but the mentality obviously of his parents I don't know I'm assuming I just don't think you ride a skateboard with no arms and no legs with a victim mentality right so something about his culture his friends uh, there's a meme going around right now that that says you are the sum result of the six people you hang out with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, yeah, all of that plays into kind of almost fate. 
You hope you're born to a good family. You hope you're born in a good culture. You hope you're not born in a place where uh, gangs rule and reprobates rule and perversion rules. You hope you're not born into the sex trade. You hope you're not born to a drug addict mother, father. So to try to say what's the biggest perception of men, life. Mm-hmm. Because we all deal with it differently. Uh, when you're born, you're you're probably what your first three years, four years before you really even have many memories. Much of your your mindset is already formed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in the earliest of years, I read an article. I don't know if it's true, but it was in a medical type article that that the majority of learning that you learn, you've learned by four years old. You wow. learn more between zero and four than the rest of your life. That's how much information the mind is processing mm-hmm. to learn how to move and talk and walk and reason and cry. And uh, so just imagine if, you, if you're raised with a screaming mother mm-hmm. and you're a boy or you're raised with a father that's gone and works all the time and never shows mom any intimacy, mm-hmm. or you're raised in a home where everybody screams and hollers, whether you like it or not, you're going to be a, some type of a toxic man because I'm going to get married and, well, my daddy screamed, so I'll scream. I was rejected. My daddy worked all the time. You ought to be happy I'm working, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm busting hump for you because that's the way he viewed it. So... Many times, again, I go back to last week, unless we're born again and unless we've been discipled and trained and taught and had the fathers teach the the sons and the mothers teach the daughters, we're much pity, pitied of a people. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, and that, that's just such the, it, it almost, I, it almost feels hopeless hearing myself talk about it. <laughs> but I know that that's why Christ came because yeah, we yeah. were a most hopeless people. You know, I think that's awesome because fem- the feminist movement has ro- rose up, and so a lot of the times our perspe- perceptions are positive, mm-hmm. and so a male growing up now does have all of these voices and perceptions upon them that's negative. Oh, you're not doing this. You're yeah. not doing that. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And it's very easy to look around and be like, well, what do I do? And then the whole women mature faster than mm-hmm. boys, which in my experience. And my brother and I, mm-hmm. I have told him countless times, you cannot compare your life to my life, Nick, right. because you are a different person. You are in a different place. Um, don't compare your life to my life. You are almost 30, and you're still figuring life out, and that's okay. Right. Um, and so, but he's a male that can get down on himself very mm-hmm. easily. Oh, I am messed up, so mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, this happened, so I'm going to shut down, you know? Mm-hmm. So well, that's my mom was born in 1939, and she's still alive. Right. And her comment. So so imagine being born in 1939. Right. You're going to go through a lot of stuff. You're on the hills of World War One and going into World War Two, Korean, what the feminist revolution, the mm-hmm. hippie movement, the Jesus movement. Oh, the, she's seen it all. She's seen, <laughs> right. She's seen it all. And her comment to me not long ago, we, we I, I meet I meet with them every week at their house and have coffee and donuts. So. But she said, you know, the worst thing is that when when women left the home and turned the house over to the world mm-hmm. to go chase the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, this is a mother who was home every day, who walked me to school, who every day I came home had cookies waiting on me, who uh, took care of my skint knees, helped me with my homework, and my dad busted hump. That's the typical masculinity toxic thing, uh, you know. 
uh, Andrew Tate, stay home, woman. Right. Take care of the house, feed the kids, have dinner ready. Now, this is my mother's take. And I surely would not say she's hardcore feminist because she's educated. She's traveled the world. Mm -hmm. She spoke all over the world in conferences. And my dad definitely does not have his thumb on her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's very much a free woman. And and they've had a wonderful marriage, been married 66 years. right? And if you go by and talk to her, you don't perceive he's toxic and she's a hard, beaten down woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a matter of fact, when she walks in the room, she walks in very powerful. I don't think you know her. I don't think when she comes in the room, you think weak woman. No, we love Mama June. We got to have her on. (laughs) So she said to me, she said, I wish I could tell women today something. And I said, what would you tell them if you could speak to the world? She said, I would tell them there's no greater thing than to be at home and have the spirit of the home ready for the children Mm. And, and be at home because the spirit of the house resides on the woman mm. and that a child could come home to mama's spirit and a husband could come home. And when he walked in the door, he feels loved and cherished and appreciated. She's got dinner ready for him. She's taking care of the kids. Now, that is the most toxic thinking in today's society. Mm-hmm. That is the typical, oh, poor woman, God, he's probably, he's probably deceived. But yet... Her own comment is that she looks at young women today and she says, I feel for them because they've sold their bodies. They give their sex up freely. Mm -hmm. They chase dreams and desires and hunt for accolades to feel needed and and accepted in the world outside of the love of a husband. Mm -hmm. So rather than having the adoration of a, a loving man, they get the adoration of the business world, the mm-hmm. adoration of education, which is cool. I love that. I'm educated and I'm all for it. But I think when a woman's not loved, of course she's going to chase other things. Mm-hmm. The same with a man. When he's not adored, he chases other things. It can be hobbies, women, sports. So it goes down to the reason it's so toxic today is we quit loving each other. Mm-hmm. We love the world. We love the porn. We love the money. We love the fame. We love the freedom. We love our house, our car, our hobbies, our credit cards, all of our bills. We refinance 22 times to pay off all the debts because we're never happy. Mm -hmm. So we sell something else and say, God, we're finally out of debt. But we know that won't work because five years later, we're back in debt. Chasing something that never fulfills. When I find that that there's no greater love than the man to love the woman like Jesus loves him. Mm-hmm. So the reason it's toxic, you ask the question, what's the core problem? Men don't know they're loved by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Men don't love themselves. Yeah. So they can't love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said, love your wife as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. So if I want to kill a marriage, kill a woman and kill a man, all I got to do is get the man hating himself. I hate myself. I can't be strong because if I am, I'm a misogynist. Right. I can't ask my wife to stay home and let me work because I'll be uh, a misogynist. Uh, you know, I'll be toxic. I, I can't be a strong man because that's perceived as an abusive man. What would you say about the men who don't even perceive that as strength if they think to themselves, 
oh, I, I truly am doing my wife a favor by us both working or mm-hmm. by not allowing her to stay home. Mm-hmm. Like who don't even align with that. Li- like Christian men. I'm not talking about the world. I mean, Christian men who don't even align themselves with that kind of thinking with the I'm the provider. I want to provide and I want to provide a home and a safe place. Mm-hmm. I want to keep my kid out of daycare. I want mm-hmm. to be the main influence in my child's life. Mm-hmm. Like what would you say to those Christian men who are afraid to take that step to step fully into that role of provider, loving their wives as um, Christ has loved the church and taking care of their children, being influential in their lives mm-hmm. and doing all of that. Because something I've noticed with this with this conversation, what we keep coming back to is even though we're talking about masculinity, we can't talk about masculinity without us talking about femininity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that, and I know it's a two-part question, but do you think that when men start stepping up into their roles, it allows women to feel more comfortable to step into their roles? Let me, I'll answer both the best I can. Um, first, should, how, how do a man and a woman approach? Should she work? Should she stay home? Because it sounds very toxic to say, I really wish my wife was home, mm-hmm. having a nice meal, family, taking care of kids while I bust hump, right? What a great romantic thing. I think you have to go back to not is that cultural ideal because right now that's not the cultural idea. It's very hot topic of bitterness Mm -hmm. to do that, to think that a woman should stay home and take care of the children. So I go back to what God said in the garden. The the goal of the garden was that you would work together to produce godly legacy. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Yeah. Work together. Not one of you more powerful than the other, more rich than the other. You're in a home. That's the garden. Work together to take dominion so you can produce a legacy, Mm -hmm. right? And so somewhere that went wrong. Cain kills Abel, and here we are today. Mm -hmm. So I would say first, a husband and wife should sit down and go, do we want to live our life for lust or legacy? Mm -hmm. Okay? That's good. Now, when Robin and I got married, she's very educated, very smart. I met her in school. She's working on her master's degree. I was working on mine as well. So we met very educated. We met with already she had her life plan and I had my life plan. I was going to be a missionary. She was going to be a businesswoman in Spain, right? <laughs> she was going psych- <laughs> to so do funny. psychology and go to Spain and enjoy. And, wow. and so I stepped into her life. We fell in love. And when we fell in love, she, for some reason, because I never told her, she said, I, I love you so much. I'll go wherever you want to go. If you want to be a missionary, I'll follow you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we never had a conversation of who submits to who. Mm-hmm. We fell in love and we were both willing to die for each other. Well, if you want to go to Spain, we'll go to Spain. I don't, you know, she goes, I just want what God wants. And I go, that's all I want is what God wants. We never ended up being missionaries, but because we both chased what God wanted. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted what God wanted for her and she wanted what God wanted for me. Mm-hmm. So that's when good. we started out, rather than determining am I toxic, because I am a strong man. Like I put me in a room, I'll get it done. That's mm-hmm. the joke. That, oh, I'll get it done. I, I have no problem getting it done. Sometimes to the fault of, I leave other people behind because I'm going to get it done. And that was my personality. But when we married, to answer your question, how do we move? You have to have a vision of what you want. That is, pause, that Mm -hmm. is so good. Yes. Many men do not have a vision for what they want in life, 
where they're going in life, right. and they think they're going to drag some poor woman along with them. And they don't even know where they want to go. And they don't even know where they want right. to go. That's, right. that's 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 what I kept hearing while you're talking about um, you and Miss Robin and so, your journey. So Robin and I landed on that us matters more than the individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she she's thinking Spain, business, psychology, businesswoman, business suit, walking the streets of New York as a businesswoman, and I'm thinking preacher. Uh, two totally opposite. But when we got together... We died to what we wanted, and we asked God, what did he want for us? And I told her, I said, I feel called to ministry. So whatever we do, I'm going to need to be somewhere in a church doing my thing. And she said, well, I I just have peace to just stay home and and just be a mom. And and so we sat down and thought, okay, if we're going to do this, if this educated woman is going to sit home Mm -hmm. while I work two jobs— But the reason we did it is not because I'm toxic and putting her in her place. We had a vision. Mm -hmm. And the vision was whatever it takes for us to raise our children rather than the government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it. So good. So we started out that public school won't raise them. Daycare won't raise them. So you know what we had to do? We had to pinch pennies. We couldn't get in credit card debt. We couldn't live the high life. I know people know me now and I'm always on a date night, right? I couldn't afford date nights. I was making $300. I was crying every month on my period trying to pay bills. Like I can't even afford, how are we going to pay the bills? We're credit card debt out the Yazoo. But we made a decision. No, you're not working for the sake of our legacy, for the sake of our children, not because I'm toxic and not because you're some poor little barefooted woman that's pregnant. That was our choice. Right. Yeah. Now, some couples get together and go, no, our choice is both of us going to work because we have a ton of debt mm-hmm. and and grandparents and schools and daycares raise their children. Right. And sports raise their kids now if they're fine with that who am I to say if that's what a mother wants I want my sport team to raise my kids and the schools and the daycares I see them at night right before they go to bed because I got to work my job great I know plenty of people that do it they make it work doesn't make them have bad kids Mm -hmm. they just have to go I'm not working or not working because my husband's toxic. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what we're doing because it's our vision for our life. Mm-hmm. There's many couples in this church that have great marriages. They both work mm-hmm. and they have wonderful children. But a lot of the times the system, if you ask a woman, and I hear it a lot in conversation, they thought, well, I'd love to stay home, mm-hmm. right? Especially when they get pregnant. They think it's easier. Uh, yes, it's not really because you got the baby right. all day long. Like, like it's easier to actually go to work. Yeah, and not have a baby crying on your leg all day. It's it's a harder job to be a stay at home mom. But the reality of it is, the system of the world doesn't allow that because you're encouraged to be in debt. You're encouraged mm-hmm. to have a home. You're encouraged to have a car. Maybe two cars. Credit card debt. Make mm-hmm. easy payments. Apple Pay. Afterpay. Because I need you busting hump to the system. Yeah. Because I need I need the system raising you. So, let's talk about it for just a second. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about the system. You've got men now who. Where, as like you were kind of saying um, in our first episode, we've got men now who are as feminized as they've ever been. They don't want to work. They'd rather, you know, be addicted to video games, pornography, um, gluttony, whatever, whatever it is for you that they're they're addicted, you know, useless in society, basically. Mm-hmm. 
mothers aren't in the, ho- in the home raising the children at all. Like you were saying, the government's raising the kids. Um, the system is raising the kids. Daycare workers, there's 10 or 15 of them raising your children, and you don't know what's being poured into them or what's being poured out. You pray and hope that one Sunday a week is going to be enough to change course. But you've taken women out of the home because men no longer want to serve women the way that the Lord commands them to. And now we have a generation, generations, I would say, maybe even up to the millennial generation, I would say, (laughs) who are lost, disconnected, deconstructing, and just completely have fallen off the wagon. But who was first attacked? It's kind of a weird, is it the chicken or the egg situation? Mm -hmm. Was it women who were first attacked or was it masculinity that was first attacked that had to be removed from the the equation entirely for this even to happen and for us to see the perversion that we're seeing today and to see the problems that we're seeing today. So the question is, who was removed first and who was affected first and how do men correct it? Is it men's job to correct it or have men kind of drop the ball or is it women who have dropped the ball? Uh, the, the issue, the first is God. Mm. We took him out. Yeah. He was the very first one that, that suffered the equation because of our middle finger to God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the man that was the first problem or the woman. It was the serpent saying, you really can't trust God. Mm-hmm. Did God really say this? So the first removal that we have, the first fault is not man or woman. It's that we question God's wisdom. Mm. And anytime a man questioned God's wisdom, you're going to be toxic, a woman the same way. So what we have today is a systemic issue of we don't do life by God's wisdom. Mm. This is an opinion. It's gosh, it's going to sound misogynist, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's my opinion. So maybe you'll get more view, more listeners. (laughs) I, in 33 years of counseling people, and it's been a lot over that marriages. I've never met a woman yet that's told me I'm loved too much, mm-hmm. cared for too much, provided for too much. He spends too much time with me. He adores me. He worships me. He. I've never had a woman whine about that because I've never met a woman yet that doesn't desire to be cherished and loved and doted on and cared for. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't, she was probably raised in a toxic environment that says, I don't need a man. Mm -hmm. I got this. I watched that happen. I don't want a man. I don't need a man. Same with the man. He doesn't cherish her because he, he grew up watching a father abuse his mother. Mm -hmm. But I don't know many men too, who don't want to be cherished, adored, respected, whether we work, whether we don't work, whether we are in debt or not in debt, you have to have a vision of what you want in life. You have to mutually work toward that vision. You have to mutually submit to one another. You have to mutually want the Holy Spirit to work because the problem at hand is not my upbringing versus yours, my culture. It's will we sit down at the wedding day and decide Will our life be governed by God's wisdom? Mm, That's good. How as a single man should you approach preparing for either marriage or even just going through life? Because um, we kind of touched on it a little bit. There are a lot of different voices out there. There are plenty of people like um, Andrew Tate who have different opinions on how men should respond to the world, how um, men should respond in general, how people should act. And, you know, we're picking on Andrew Tate, but there are plenty of other voices. Now you can get on any podcast. We appreciate all our listeners, by the way. But now (laughs) you can get on any podcast and hear any sort of wild opinion about how, you know, men and women should relate to one another 
together and how men should relate to sex and how men should relate to um, money and how men should relate to things and how they should just go about this world. So how as a single man while waiting for marriage, if you have a desire for marriage or as you're going through life, how should you approach your masculinity? I would start with saying with much book learning comes frustration. There's so much Mm -hmm. knowledge today. It'll just frustrate you. You can find anything you want to believe on YouTube. You can find toxic men, great men, gay men, straight men, men that think they're dogs. I mean, it's all there. It's such a world of knowledge today. I go back to, to what I believe is the issue for young men is determining from where will you drink of wisdom. And wherever you drink of the wisdom, that's going to come out of you. If you drink from toxic men, you'll probably be toxic. So what I did is my dad, I I commented on their marriage, been married over 60 years. And and I just watched them, right? Like I try to be smart about things because I believe Jesus' comment, you really want to know people, don't listen to them, watch them Mm. because they produce fruit. They can lie to you all day long, but you'll know them by fruit. So I watched my parents. I watched my dad work hard for my mother. I watched my mother love him and he loved her. And I watched them work through problems together. I watched them pray together. I watched them on vacation. I watched them how they handled the home and problems with me and my brother. And so I would say to young men, you're foolish to try to determine your manhood if you've got nobody you're following Mm. and whoever you're following is who you'll be. So find somebody that inspires you. Find somebody, if you want to know how to be a man, find another man that's been married 50 years and say, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. The wisest thing for you girls to do would be to go to my wife and go, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. Or go to my mother. How did you do that? Yeah. And that's how me and Robin got where we did. We were not just figuring it out by luck. Mm-hmm. I found people that impressed me and go, and I do that with faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find people that it worked and they're like 80 years old and they still serve God. They're not bitter. And you know, they've had a chance to be bitter because they've been in church their whole life. They could be bitter at preachers. No, they're just as happy. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, I watched Johnny Carson way before you girls time, your generation may not even know him, but they were in, he was a talk show host like Jimmy Fallon and he was very popular, and I loved his funny show, but he was talking to a, a 100-year-old man nearly, and they were chatting, and he said, well, what's the success of your life? Mm. And the guy said, oh, it's easy. I have one shot of whiskey and a cigar every night, and I go to bed. And everybody just bust out laughing, right? Like, But I, I really was interested. I thought, this guy's at 100, and his wisdom <laughs> is a shot of whiskey and a cigar. Mm. And they laughed and talked about it, and as they did, it came out that – the shot of whiskey kills anything that could kill me, and the cigar helps me chill out and not worry about life. And it really showed me, God, you can grow old and not worry about life. Like, it's possible. The guy didn't even know God. Mm-hmm. So what if I – so I kind of started that pattern of finding people that have walked with God for years and go, how did you do this? Mm-hmm. The, the issue today, it's hard for young men to find successful marriages. Everybody's divorced. Yeah. You go ask somebody, like, well, they're divorced. Well, they've been married twice. Well, they they hate marriage. They're not even married. They're gay. They've been cheating on their they've wives. They've been cheating on their <laughs> yeah, wives, like, so big deal. Can't so, find anyone. <laughs> so maybe the issue is not young men figuring out masculinity. It's where did all the masculine men and women who have successful marriages go? Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. Who think on, I'm not putting anybody down. We all have a journey, but think how many people do you know that have been married one time and are still married to the same person? Mm -hmm. It's hard to find. Most come from broken homes, divorced homes, stepped kids. And that's great. Not great. But I mean, that's life. And we move on and we make the best of it, you know, and and it's kind of what we said. It's systemic. It's a, it's a, a issue with the world and the curse of the world. But really, how many people do you know that have just been married to the same person 65 years? Yeah. yeah. It's rare today. It's almost an anomaly. You almost expect divorce to happen. And you're not even shocked when it does. You're like, man, yeah, wow, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. We kind of go into it with, I'm expecting to fail. Mm. The reason we do, we have no vision. We have no plan. We're just lust. We want to sleep together. Now we don't even want to get married. We just want to move in because mm-hmm. I don't want to take that risk. Right. Yeah. So the whole thing is screwed up. And here we sit talking about toxic masculinity when it's the system of the entire world Christians included live the wisdom of the world Mm. and the battle from the beginning of time has been God's wisdom versus ours. So good. Mm -hmm. (sighs) (laughs) It's so good. I feel like, uh, I feel like we could continue talking for, you know, forever, but that's all the time we have. We're going to go ahead and close this episode out. Um, You guys may hear from Nessa and I (laughs) next week. Um, we, we might continue this topic. Uh, we, we, we may keep digging it out and diving in. Um, but thank you so much, Pastor yes, Mark, I for coming. It. Thank you. We love having you. Please I hope I come wasn't back. Toxic. No, <laughs> you handled it beautifully. I wear it was deodorant. incredible. That's good. Strong enough wear, for a man, um, made for a woman. Yeah, that's what I wear. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys were blessed. Um, we're going to close in prayer real quick and then we'll see you guys next week. Father God, thank you so much for your wisdom and for your word. Thank you for giving us the blueprint to live right, Father. I pray that everyone listening was able to glean something from this conversation and just are more willing to dive into your word and to hear what you have to say about these very relevant topics that we we talk about, Lord. Um, I just pray for peace and blessings for everyone's week. And I just pray that we just continue to do the good work and read your word and reach people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And we'll see you guys next week.